If you're interested in learning how I launched Zim Excellence, then you're in luck. Sign up for my podcast workshop and learn how it's easier and more affordable than ever to start a podcast. Also, grab yourself a copy of my podcast resource guide, which covers industry terminology, suggested tech setup, in addition to countless free online resources to support your podcast journey. Just head to wongai.com forward slash podcast creation. That's wongai.com forward slash podcast creation. The link will also be down in the show notes. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for part two. And it's and, and, and it's so under the radar, but it is so much there. And it's, it's just been great. I love that. It reminds me of a conversation we had last year in June when we were all kind of like discussing racial justice and how to transform theater and film and TV industries. And I forget who it was, but he said, keep, he said, have your lists ready, especially because you're going to have like people in the industry or friends come up to you saying, hey, I'd like to employ, uh, I don't know, a dramaturg who's Black. Do you yeah. know of anyone? Yeah. And then you have the list, right? You're like, yeah, yeah. I know five. Here you go. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. because suddenly yeah. they're paying attention to us. So when, when yeah. they'll be looking for the Africans because they want to tell authentic stories because Netflix sees yeah. that there's money to be made here. Disney Plus of sees course. there's money to be made here. Get of the course. list ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the thing. We've got to be ready. We ourselves, with regards to the skill itself, and that's where I am. I I I, I was telling um those boys I, I was working with today, and I was saying to them that look at the trends. Africa is literally one of the few, like with regards to TV and film, where there's still a million stories to tell. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of untapped and you know like untapped stories and the world is moving towards africa and because the world is moving towards africa it's going to need good storytellers and if you're ready right everything is there for the taking and that's kind of like where i am really moving forward because i've been fortunate enough to be around a bunch of people who've always been like hey Tell your stories. We're there to support. Tell your stories. We're there to support. And and it's 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 been good just to be able to do that. I love that so much. So, quick question: Would you be able to explain to us what a a programs director does and what be a literary manager is? Because I myself don't know. So there has to be other <laughs> listeners who also don't know. <laughs> no, so a programs director literally, uh, like for I work for Almasi Collaborative Arts. And we love them here. To, uh, thank you. We love you guys for your support. We really appreciate that. So Almasi, we we do a lot of like uh, cultural exchange programs, like especially within theater. As the programs director, my job is to create programs for Almasi that allow. Uh, you know, cross-pollination between U.S. artists and Zimbabwean artists. Like, for example, right now we're in the middle of the Almasi Playwrights Conference. Mm. So we've got um, five playwrights, uh, one who is originally from DRST but lives in South Africa. And then we've got a South African playwright. We've got uh, two playwrights from 
one player from Lawayo, uh, two from Ararim. And, and it's been great uh, just to have, like, you know, a, a conference where we're just focusing on playwrights. So my job is just to create uh, these programs that help support creatives and just offer them whatever it is that they want if they need space and then uh, tra- help train uh, directors, help train actors, help train writers. Uh, so part of our job, uh, part of my job is definitely to bring in people Obviously, COVID messed up a whole lot of things. We were supposed to be doing a director's clinic and actors uh, intensive for four weeks. But we're hoping that as as soon as everything is back up, we'll get back on. And then being uh, a literary manager, what what in your entire job is reading scripts and giving (gasps) feedback and like... Love that. um, I feel like that's another job that I once had a lifetime ago. Yeah, it is. It, it can be. It, it it can be quite a fun job if like that's like that's what you want. I remember I I did when I was in New York. I worked uh, in the literary department, and that was one of the jobs I did. Like just read scripts and write coverage and and meet with writers for coffee. And I think I learned one of the biggest and valuable lesson from the guy who was the literary manager at that time. He was like your job is to cultivate relationship with writers. Mm. So you're getting on calls with writers. You are meeting for tea, for coffee with writers. You know, that's literally what your entire job is. And, um, you know, and, and it's, it, it can be quite a good job. Obviously, it's stressful because there's so many playwrights with so many great plays, but there's also so many playwrights who are still developing and are getting better. So you kind of have to sift your way through, you know, some uh, works that are still in development. And it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a fun job. It is stressful. It is jobs that I, I feel like I am, especially being a literary manager, it is so timeless that it takes away from my personal writing. So that kind of mm. does make it a little because like I am you constantly have to be reading every single day, and now, because I am transitioning between like theater and t v and film, it's like it does take up a lot of time, but it's jobs that I really, really love, and I think I learned a lot about theater from just reading and uh giving feedback and all that yeah yeah, it's a classic tip that the best writers started as readers because then you start understanding what works and what doesn't work and why. And just you, you familiarize yourself with different formats as well. With that said, what is it like working in a TV writer's room with a group of writers, Mm -hmm. as opposed to writing for theater, which is a bit more independent Mm -hmm. and you can be like, I'm writing in the park, I'm writing at my desk. But then with the writer's room, Mm -hmm. you're together, you're family. Yeah, yeah. Or, or so I, mean, I think. I had, I've uh, never been in a writer's room. I'm just assuming. <laughs> no, you, you're right. I had, uh, I mean, I've heard like different stories of people in other writer's room where they didn't necessarily enjoy themselves and whatnot. I was yeah. fortunate enough where I was literally the only guy in an, like, in an all-female writer's room. So yes, I was women. The only, um, <laughs> and it was such a good writer's room. I do not want to lie to you. It was such a great writers room and the other thing that made it great was because it was uh it also was made up of uh, a group of people that were had come from theater like jocelyn Beal was uh, one of the writers love jocelyn uh, i know she's amazing Gozio was one of the writers so it was such um 
a great ride, uh, writer's room with a bunch of really great writers. I, I, I don't want to lie. It's such an enjoyable process. I, I constantly say that. I learned more in that room about writing and crafting stories more than I learned in all my three years uh, in college. Not mm-hmm. saying that college is bad, but to see <laughs> yeah. to see stories being broken down in action by people who've been doing it for years and years and years, it changes your whole perception because as you're in school, you're learning things theoretically. Yes, you are writing, right? But you're learning from books, you're reading. But then to get to witness just a story being broken down and how kind of like, you know, some of the writers, I remember there's a writer, Kay Oyogun, who was in the writer's room, would constantly be like, no, but like network TV, like this is how they would want. They want our characters to be moving forward. So mm. what is the act of moving forward? So it's those things where I got so much gold from the writer's room. I learned so much that the stuff that I am now coming back here and being able to translate to other people are things that I learned when we, when I was in that first initial writer's room it was it was such a joy and it was also tough I don't want to lie to you it was such a tough job because I was working I think about 18 hours and I was in school so I would have to sometimes miss class and have to catch up with school it was it was a whole mess and I remember it was at the time when I was in production for my final year show so it was trying to balance out everything but it's, it was such an invaluable experience that I would never like swap that for anything. It was it was so invaluable. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you have a message you want to share with the world or you think, ooh, it could be fun to have my own talk show like one guy, getting started is easier than ever. Here at Zim Excellence, we use Buzzsprout, which is hands down the easiest, most affordable, and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Start for free and list your show on directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping and teaching you to succeed. Just check out their YouTube videos. They are filled with tons of information. So join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Sign up today using the link in the show notes or go to wongai.com forward slash podcast creation and you'll get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. It also helps support the show. So go ahead, sign up for Buzzsprout and keep me posted on your new podcast. Now back to the show. That's amazing. That makes me think of like with acting, there's only so much you can learn in acting school or if you take a BA in drama at, you know, an institution like the academic route. It's actually like doing the thing that you you learn more. It's like this. I yeah. feel like this is it's the same with filmmaking, especially because like a lot of filmmakers will be like get it, get experience firsthand if if you can. Yes. Like you volunteer on yes. sets, do this, do that, because even the the landscape and the way we are telling stories is changing so quickly in our industry. 
So the book that was written mm-hmm. in the 1990s was cute back then when it was giving yes. an analysis of Cheers and and maybe mm-hmm. Seinfeld and Frasier. Mm-hmm. But now we're dealing with the orange is the new black and dear white people yes. and yes. house of cards or whatever example yeah. of like mm-hmm. the way that that's, you know, Netflix has shifted shift literally shifted oh, the yeah. whole game because oh, yeah. they started they having television shows being approached as if they were films. Yes. And yes. then you had all the yeah. film directors coming to TV and then you had yeah. the film yeah. stars saying, oh, I think I can do TV because now yeah. you can have yeah. an Apple series, let's say the morning show for five episodes versus mm-hmm. network TV in the United States was like 22 to 24 back episodes. It's like saving people money yeah. just to make six. Mm-hmm. It and, definitely is. It yeah. Definitely is. And, and you, you know, then you can have talent who say that their rate is two million an episode. I'm talking about the Reese Witherspoons mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Kerry Washingtons. Mm-hmm. I love them, but like that's their yeah. rate yeah. versus yep. network television where your rate is like 35,000 an episode, depending yeah. who you are, yeah. you know, it could be more if yeah. you're, you're a big name. Yeah. Okay. What do you wish more people were aware of when it comes to life as a writer? Because I feel like um, there's this thing where people are like, yeah, you should, you should sit, I mean, I am a writer. I, I don't do it enough because I'm more of an actor, mm-hmm. but people will be mm-hmm. like, yeah, write your own stuff. Do this, you do that. And understanding that life as a writer isn't easy. It's almost more difficult. Yeah. I see it from my perspective than being a performer yeah. is because mm-hmm. you get rejected so many times and you're pitching oh, this yeah. and rewrites yeah. that. And would you like to yeah. you know, shed light on that? Yeah, I mean, being a writer, it's, I feel like it is definitely, I do feel like it is a little bit tougher. I don't think it's something where I'm like, it is tougher being an actor or being a writer. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. But the biggest thing that I realized is in film and TV, you know, that, and even in theater, you know that you are not in control mm. of a lot of the process because it demands more than you, right? So you are only part of the process. So sometimes it can be quite a difficult thing, especially in film, you, because the writers, you, you, you're easily forgotten in film. Once you deliver your screenplay, you're done. Nobody cares about where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing I think about being a writer is just that I understand, and and I, I'm one of those people who always says to actors, "Hey, write your own stuff. Write your own stuff." I'm I'm one of those writers who believe that. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody Gideon. should write. Right? <laughs> I, no, mean, I, they, I, I mean, agree. we should. I, I, we should. I'm just being yeah. annoying because <laughs> it's no, not simple. No, I, I, There's a lot of true, terrible I, writing I, in the world. <laughs> that is so true, and I also understand the nature that, like, certain people are like, "I'm an actor. I don't want to write," and I understand that. It also makes sense because I'm one of those people who also say, say, I am a solo actor only. If you want me to be in any play with somebody else, I have no desire whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I, I just, you know, so I, I think that the biggest thing for me as a writer that I, you know, I always, I, that I think people sometimes miss is the process itself, that it's, it's a lengthy process that actually requires time investment and it's a process that requires it is a process that requires you to respect the process uh-huh. because i've i've realized that 
it's tough for you to tell somebody that, oh, no, I've been writing that play for the past like two years. Because mm-hmm. to them, it doesn't make sense that you can still be writing something for two years. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that look of respect of the I'm not saying that people should always write their plays for 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 two years but I'm saying sometimes if the work demands that be written over two years then let it be written over two years if it demands that it be written over six months let it be written over six months so I feel like a lot of it for me especially locally in Zim a lot of it has just been like hey we just need to respect the process Mm, and the process does take longer yeah yeah this is for all the people expecting me to have something tomorrow. My process is taking a, a bit longer. And I also decided to do a podcast. So now the process is going to take even longer. Okay, my last question. No, that's all part of writing. Yes. My yes. last question and then our lightning round. Are you ready for it? Okay. Ready to go. As you know, in the beginning, when one embarks on an untraditional path like the actor's journey, it can be exciting, but also potentially overwhelming. What advice would you have for someone listening right now who might be thinking, I want to do what Gideon does. He's amazing. He's bomb. I want to be a writer like him. He inspires me. But they're not quite sure where to start. Would Are there any resources, whether they're books, podcasts, Mm -hmm. websites, classes, or even like, you know, communities or organizations that you could recommend to them? I remember I was asked a question a while back by somebody, which I didn't necessarily enjoy because I understood what it was supposed to mean. When Mm -hmm. they asked me, like, why is it my place? They're like, I've read so many Zimbabwean claims. Why are yours so different from everybody else? I didn't necessarily mm. like that like statement because I understood that it was meant to, you know, to say, oh, you know, other people are not as good, which I I didn't agree with and still don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized what they were trying to say in that my kind of writing or my way of writing has always been different largely because I initially was self-taught. I didn't have... Initial, like my begin, like for me to start writing, I didn't have anybody to sit me down and teach me how to write initially. Mm-hmm. And it was because I was just so obsessively interested in writing. I was so obsessively interested in just knowing how to write plays that I just started reading. I remember the first screenplay that I ever wrote. I wrote it based around the fact that I just went on the internet and I downloaded a bunch of uh, screenplays and I started reading them. I was like, oh, so you have to put a slug line. Oh, cool. I don't know what that is, but I'm just going to put it there. Okay, so this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So what it did for me is I, it gave me a base that when I then started getting, getting a formal education in the arts, right? I, it was a confirmation or a correction of things that I already knew. Right. It wasn't me starting from scratch. So I feel like anybody who is interested in the arts, who is interested in writing, the beginning should not be, should never be like, oh, um, yes, people should just dive in and write. But it's mm. also important to read as much as possible. Get those screenplays. Screenplays are free online. They Please are. Ask <laughs> them, right ask for plays, read all those dead white guys, you know, um, 
they they help in creating such a basic structure. I always say that we call all those dead white guys classics just because, you know, dead white guys. And mm-hmm. the advantage to that is that their work, most of their work is so simple in nature that you can learn how to write in such a simple way. I would say that if you read an Arthur Miller play, it is simple. There's nothing I complicated about it. I love Arthur Miller. Simple, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of Arthur Miller. Like, it is so simple. And I think that anybody who wants to be a writer, just write and read and be curious and learn. I always, I always tell people that every time that I'm writing a new pilot, every time I'm writing a new play, I literally go back and I watch a YouTube video about, like, writing a, a pilot. I go back and I, you know, read a book about writing plays or something like that. Or I go back and I read my favorite plays just to remind myself how how to be able, not that I don't know how to do it, but I always believe that I discover something new and it also takes away some of that fear of the blank page. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I know how to do this because I've done this before. And, and I feel like anybody who wants to get into writing, write and then read a lot and you'll be good. It makes me think about how if you want to learn about characters and shaping characters, Shakespeare is good to look at because you always have the clear oh, yeah. protagonist and the anti-hero oh, and this and that and the Joker. Definitely. Yeah. And if definitely. you want to deal with like stuff to do with gender or feminism, I like to look at Jane Austen, like the Pride and Prejudice yep. is, is one of my favorites. Yep. And I yeah. once watched a documentary, I forget what it was someone had a teacher or maybe it was like dr dre was mentoring some rapper or something dr dre or jimmy levine one of them and the person was like oh i can't finish this bar and then the person was like i dare you to write one word a day and the guy was like a word okay i can do more than a word and so then once you just start writing that word then something else comes so rather than pressure pressuring Mm -hmm. yourself to have the page done be like I dare myself to write five words and maybe you write 10 words and that's still a win. Can I I give you a trick that has worked for me? Yes, please. Um, We're taking all the tricks for our toolbox. So uh, you know how, like when you start writing, right? You open your whatever word or whatever software that you use. Celtex, it's free. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, right. You, and then there's the blank page. It is right there, right? It is one of the scariest things because it feels like there is no way you're going. One of the things that has worked for me, it is such a silly thing, but it has worked wonders for me. I always go back to either a script I've written or something. And then I just copy the first like 10 like lines or something. And then I paste them onto my blank page. Right. The act of being able to see written words on that blank page, even if they have nothing to do with what I'm writing has just changed the way I've I've stopped being hesitant to get into things just because it just feels a little less daunting when there are words all over the page. I have no idea why, but it just, it works for me. That is game changing. There are moments when I'm writing pieces for articles or blogs or whatever, and Sometimes I can't find the right word because it's like, you, like mm-hmm. I, I love my thesaurus. So I'm like, I need the right word <laughs> to get the phrase. Yeah. But because I don't want to stop my flow, instead of then stopping yeah. to then check the thesaurus, I'll say something, 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 
and then continue yeah. with what the end of the thought was and then and then keep going and then once i'm Come done back, then go yeah. back to the something something bit and then be looking mm-hmm. for the right word but at least like i've got yeah. the gist of it and it looks bizarre yeah. because it would be like i don't know one guy is an award-winning actor and her uh, dream is to something 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 to amplify <laughs> voices and it just looks so bizarre but then you know the placeholder yeah. of where you know what mm-hmm. you're trying to say mm-hmm. okay yeah. It's time for our lightning round because you're a busy man and okay. I want to respect your time. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yep. Okay. What is your zodiac sign? I'm a Virgo. <gasps> yes, organized. We had a Virgo moon just two days ago. I'm a Capricorn. We're both air signs. I'm earth signs. We are both earth signs, which is why we're siblings and we get along. I love mm. this. Early bird or night owl? Ooh, both. I just don't sleep until both. So I, I think maybe I should just lay, say late because I usually go to bed at like three in the morning and uh-huh. then wake up at like seven in the morning and then keep going. So. Writing for theater or writing for film and TV? Which do you prefer? Ooh, currently it's TV because I think I spent uh, a lot of time writing theater when I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what, like right now I'm enjoying writing for TV a lot. I love it. I can't wait to watch all your stuff. Okay. Last song that you listen to, or, or it could be what song helps you get into the writing mood? Ooh. Gets you going, pumps you up, be like, yes, we going to do this thing. Oh, that is a little tough right now. Okay. Um, last song you listen to. What, <laughs> okay all right cool so right now i literally have been obsessed with uh, i don't know if you watched uh bo burnham's um inside <gasps> i did it was so good yeah. and you can get the it thing on so apple music spotify i'm not sponsored yep. but the album is there and go watch the it's his stand up at home kind of docu-series that he did special yeah. and it's on netflix Netflix is available so, in Zimbabwe, in the US, in the UK. You guys yeah, have no excuse. Everywhere in the world. Yeah. So I, um, I've been obsessed with that album because I feel like it really does speak to me. Um, and I love, one of my favorite things is that song 30. And especially <gasps> the part yeah. that's in all my stupid friends are having stupid children. So I literally took a picture <laughs> of my daughter and like she was she was literally sitting by the tv and i took a, uh, a picture of my daughter with the caption and i sent it to my friend i was like you see your stupid friends are having stupid children <laughs> so that's the album i'm really obsessed with right now i think it's just such such a beautiful and heartbreaking show it is so it's just so poignant and just it is it, it is such a good show oh it's amazing because it also touches on um mental health so he yes. uh, bo burnham filmed it during the pandemic so during his own kind of self-quarantine in a part of his house and he just yeah. films everything himself different mics performances the quality is amazing my favorite song was he has that song about like being the straight white guy who's coming to save the day with comedy <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, it was so good, it was really beautiful. Yeah, it is such a good show, and it's been so great. Like, 
Uh, for some reason, I've actually been writing to that album because it really does put me in a in a strange but like contemplative mood. Yeah. Of just it it has that like 2020 vibe. Of yeah. Being like being inside for like a year on and on, it has that vibe. Which 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 is I don't know. Strangely, I'm just into it. Yeah, it feels endless. It just it, it takes yeah. you back to those moments, and you're like, I remember this feeling and that feeling and this feeling. Yes, yes, what is the last yes. play you read? Ooh, that's a, oh, I was actually because uh, of the conference, I've been reading a bunch of plays for the playwrights. Just recommend. I was actually rereading uh, "Father Comes uh, Comes Home from the War," the Susan Laurie Parks play. Uh, <gasps> it's one of my favorite plays. So I haven't I read love... that play, but I love Susan Laurie Parks so much. I've been um, yes. one of the actors mm-hmm. in her. So she does an MFA writing class, and her playwrights bring in actors like real actors who are doing uh-huh. acting and so i've been an actor uh-huh. for one of the readings for her class so i'm like yes, oh, yes. i love her yeah, that, so that much is, it is so gorgeous it's a it's it's an adaptation of um the odyssey and it is um well i don't think it's an adaptation but it's based off the odyssey in some way but it's such a beautiful beautiful heartbreaking play that I was, I think I was just bored the other day because I've been so immersed in like writing this TV show. I, I was like, I haven't read a play in a long time. I need to just read a play because plays give you, they have the ability to drag some of the emotion out of you in such a beautiful way because plays are not depending on pyrotechnics, they're depending on the words. So mm. I just needed that connection. And Father Comes Home from the War is one of the plays that really, really does that for me. And I reread that and it was, it was such a joy. Amazing. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? When, when I was growing up, I always used to say that if I could have any superpower, it would be the superpower to absorb every other person's superpower. <gasps> You're like Siler in Heroes. I think I that's know, what his power was. <laughs> yes, I remember. I Zachary Quinto. Oh my gosh, that uh, show. <laughs> you know, if I had a superpower, I think I would love to be super fast because I think I have so many things. Every time like I, I'm obsessed with like, I love superhero shows. Oh, so, uh, so do I. I watch, like, <laughs> uh, every time I watch like The Flash and he does like a whole lot of like super fast thing, like cleans up his room or does something super fast. I'm like, I wish I could do that. Like, I feel like I, I never have enough time. So mm-hmm. I feel like if I could do things super fast, it would be so great. Okay. Do you have a favorite superhero <laughs> or like one that you you felt drawn to as a child? Uh, it, when I was growing up, it was definitely Batman. Batman mm-hmm. was my favorite. I was obsessed with Batman. I was just, and I stumbled into Batman. I stumbled into a Batman comic by mistake. I think my, one of my cousins brought it to my house and he forgot it. And I saw it, I read it and I was obsessed. But my favorite to this day is still Spider-Man. I just, I just love Spider-Man. Yeah. I just think. So growing up, Batman was my favorite. Just, and, 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 you know, I might get, (laughs) people are going to judge me for this, but my my introduction to Batman was George Clooney's Batman, where Schwarzenegger plays Freeze. Because it was just always on when I was a child. And so I just watched it Mm -hmm. and I was obsessed with it. And um, Uma Thurman was uh, a poison ivy. Yeah, I thought she was so dope. So I liked Batman. 
because of that. But like now as an adult, I'm very, very team Marvel. And so Captain America is my uh-huh. favorite. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm now obsessed with. I'm, I've, I think over the past like two years or so, I recently got into like I was never into fantasy and science fiction. I have no why, but I suddenly uh-huh. got into it. I'm like obsessed with like magic and like. <gasps> Do you know like, what Dr. you? Strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you would really like? This is me giving me a recommendation that you did not ask yes, for. Yes. But The Magicians is great. And Sarah Gamble, who is the showrunner, she's just such a great Mm -hmm. writer. And on Instagram, this is for all the other writers and upcoming writers. She puts up writers tips on her like Instagram story. So she has like highlights on her Instagram page about just different writing things. Her writing is like, I can't even explain it. It is so bizarre, but so exciting and just so interesting. She's the show. She is the showrunner for The Magicians, which just ended. And she's also the showrunner for You. So she she Mm -hmm. takes a lot of novels and then has them adapted. But like the sense of humor is just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And just the character, like I can't explain it. If if you've seen either of those shows, like the writing is just fantastic. Yeah, fantastic she is, is like my queen in my head and so i fo- follow sarah gamble because i'm like wow to write write something that doesn't feel like it's been done before mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and yeah. her as a person is very interesting because i think someone asked her where is your favorite place to write and she was like my favorite mm-hmm. place to write is under this tree in the fairy realm while i sip this 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 <laughs> she's just she's just such a character but she's amazing okay favorite zimbabwean musician oh so i i think that's that's a little tough question for me because i think i obviously i love the like i i like them to good these the winky d's all all that right yeah yeah, but i think i'm more into there's my favorite zimbabwean music is this literally unknown writer his name is called mwenje matole Yes, uh, let's does, put him on. <laughs> he does this like Afro popish, like just looking out, look him up. His music is really, really beautiful. I love uh, Fairly Nandi. I just think she's she's so good. I love Holy Ten. I just think that he's, I mean, with regards to like young hip hop heads, like in Zimbabwe, he's just he's. He's just he's just killing it. Um, yeah, I love a like Takura. I love a lot of like young Zimbabwean musicians. Uh, there's like pop Zimbabwean musicians. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? I'm I'm learning so much. <laughs> I, no, I, 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 I I'm I'm so just like there's like musicians that like you know uh, I stumble upon because sometimes I'm just on YouTube. I'm like who has released the song i'm just gonna look up something and i always find this really good stuff oh that's dope i like keep in touch with like so i only started last year because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. but like keeping in touch with like who's hot and who is an amazing Uh musician who also Mm -hmm. happens to be zimbabwean whether or not they're based Mm -hmm. in zimbabwe or or not Mm -hmm. and so maiden's Mm -hmm. way curates this playlist and so that's how i keep up there yeah 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 Yeah. i got yeah i got that on spotify yeah yeah, I'll listen to like what sounds nice to my ears and be like, okay, cool. This is dope because I'm very picky. 
you're just like me. I am quite picky because like, we are when, siblings. Like, <laughs> like I'm serious. I am so picky with my music. I go on that playlist and I'm just favoriting the stuff that I like. Everything else, like I, I do not struggle to like press next. I skip songs. Like oh, same. Just, I don't feel guilty. I'm quick to. Yeah, I, I I would so, do it to like a white artist or non-Zimbabwean artist. Um, yep. So today is June 18th. And um, mm-hmm. I forget when this episode is going to come out, but like possibly mm-hmm. in August. But today, mm-hmm. Shunguzo's album just came out and I'm really loving that. She's written for a lot of pop artists, like famous ones that you mm-hmm. know. And um, her stuff is just very like alternative and indie. And so I, I love that. That is awesome. Yeah. Is so different. check out Shunguzo. It's called I'm Not a Mother, But I Have Children by Shunguzo. And it just uh-huh. came out today. Okay. All right. Oh, nice. What is your favorite Zimbabwean childhood snack? Okay. Do you remember the way there was um, those pack of uh, chips that were called chip sticks? <gasps> yes. So, oh my gosh. I yes. see it in my mind. And they're like little uh, like French fries, but not. And they're like little yes. sticks. And they were yep. so fun yep. to put in your mouth. Yes. Oh, it will well, not fun. Well, they they look fun, but they're annoying to they eat do look fun. Because you want True. to have the potato chip in your mouth, but like it's so light. Yep. So you have to put as many in your mouth as possible. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love chipsticks. I was I was obsessed with chipsticks. I recently found out they came back and wow. I haven't found them, but then I found out that they're not as good as they used to be, which is oh, man. a little disappointing. But Let oh, down. I love chipsticks. Mazoe yeah. orange versus mazoe green. <laughs> this is my favorite orange question to ask. Every day. Yeah. Orange every day and twice on <laughs> Sunday. Nope. if you weren't a writer solo actor literary manager all of the fabulous things king you are a king what do you think that you'd be doing i would probably still be into some writing i'll probably be a journalist Hmm. i think i'll probably be a journalist i would still be into i don't I, i i've never been able to envision myself in something that is not writery in some way. Mm-hmm. So I think I would be a journalist or I'll be a novelist or something. Oh, I like that so much. You can still be a novelist though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is so hard to write novels. It's true. One day, your memoir, your autobiography. Okay, the next is a power statement that you fill out the blank. I am Zim Excellence because blank. Okay, I'm Zim Excellence because I believe in the power of us uh, as Zimbabweans being able to grow and improve and grow in the strength uh, of what we have and what we can do. Amazing. If you could nominate someone for the award of Zim Excellence, who would it be? I do not know why I was thinking about about her. I just think that we don't talk about her enough. Uh, when I was growing up, do you remember Mbuya Mulambo? She was this radio. She was this old woman, and she was she was a radio DJ. Like my generation, like we were literally raised on her every like. I remember I would come back from school and she'd be in radio. So you could call into radio. She would do like little lessons, a little fun storytelling. 
And lately I've just been thinking about her and I was like, why do we not talk about her? But like, meant to yeah, write a play. <laughs> I know, right? I know, I know. Just, yeah. She no, was because uh, I was thinking about, you know, how how they did the, the movie with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers is right. messy in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yes. So I, I thought about that and I was like, William Lambo was literally our version of Mr. Rogers. So I was like, oh, that could be a fun story to tell. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. So I moved to Zimbabwe when I was eight years old. And so, yeah. And, and like, it was just <laughs> yeah, a lot of culture shock for me. So I probably mm-hmm. missed I that guess. because my I parents guess. probably didn't yeah. know that was a thing. But that's amazing to mm-hmm. hear. If you could nominate someone to come on to Zim Excellence podcast, who would it be? Have you had Joe on this podcast? Not yet. <laughs> I haven't had Joe yeah, I haven't yet. Joe and Jago. I, yeah, yeah, I think it, it's, it's going to happen. I, I've spoken to him about it. Dope. Yeah, I was actually talking to him earlier on. I was like, oh, I'm doing this podcast. And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I think he would be great. I think he would really be great. I think he is one person within the Zimbabwean film industry, not to saying that other people haven't been doing stuff, but like he's one person who has been able to kind of like create a catalog of like, you know, films that have been able to be showcased all over Zimbabwe. And that's, that's been great. I, I always think that it's great when, you know, Zimbabwean content is out there and people are getting to see a, different view of what this country is amazing Mbuyam Lambo you have officially been nominated for the award mm-hmm. of Zim Excellence and Joan Jagu you have officially been nominated by Gideon Jeff Wabvuta to come on <laughs> to Zim Excellence as we wrap up I would love it if you could share a message anything that's like on your heart and let us know where they can follow you, just the platform, because I have all your mm-hmm. details in the show notes. I think the biggest thing, I guess, is uh, this is like mostly Zimbabweans and non-Zimbabweans that there is a need for us to tell our stories. There is a need for us to invest in our own stories. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was saying to them, you know that the biggest and the best thing you could ever do is just pick one young actor who just needs mentorship and mentor them throughout the year. Like one, it doesn't have to be a lot. And that's, I will continuously say this, that the biggest and the best thing we can always do for our country is to be able to give back to the young people who probably, and might never have the opportunity to have the really expensive education that we afforded and the opportunities we're able to have, but we can be able to share the skills that we have. And I think my message is just to have that burden, just to have that burden to say that this knowledge that I have, like I can be able to pass it on. I can be able to share this skill that I have. I can be able to pass it on. I can be able to share can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gideon Jeff. I'm Gideon Jeff across literally everything. That's me. Oh, thank you so much, Gideon. I'm definitely going to have you back because there's so many things that we have to talk about, <laughs> especially to do with your plays, touching on, like I said, the themes of Western Christianity mm-hmm. versus indigenous practices and what that means and what you touched on about going to an all boys school and me going to an all girls mm-hmm. school and mm-hmm. why we don't agree mm-hmm. with that. And just many yeah. 
other things under the sun and and why we tell the particular stories that we're choosing to tell and what that says about our upbringings and also Zimbabwean culture at large. So I definitely want to have you back. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I would love to, definitely. <laughs> Love to. Thank y'all so much for coming to the party. Majita Tatenda Siabonga. Nah, for real. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Zim Excellence. If you found value from this episode, please share it with a friend and go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. If you send me a screenshot of your review, I'll make sure to give you a shout out on future episodes. Feel free to tag us on Instagram at Zim Excellence Podcast. And if you identify as Zimbabwean, I want to hear your story. So go ahead and email Zim Excellence Podcast at gmail.com. Till then, have the best week and stay Zim Excellent. <laughs>